But when I was taking notes on this, and like you already said it, you're like, it's always owls. <laughs> I was taking notes and thinking that the take home is that West Virginians must be like very confused about the existence of owls. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. It's time for another round of short and spooky stories. In keeping with the Fast and the Furious naming tradition, this will be called Short Five, a la Fast Five. This means we will discuss five stories compared to our normal two or three, so they need to be snappy, and each of them has to have some aspect related to the number five. Before we get to today's topic, this year has flown by and fall is just around the corner, which means it's almost time for our annual Halloween Listener Stories episode. If you have a spooky story you would like us to share and try to debunk, send it to us on social media or our email, sisters at gmail.com. Yay! I can't <laughs> believe it's almost Halloween. <laughs> I know. Which is, this is our, this is our third. Third. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we started in 2020. I don't know what year it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for something spooky. So, Megan. <laughs> Yay. I have a long list of things. I know. Here's the thing, though, is I feel like you also took all of my something spookies. So. Well, it'll be a joint List. This is, yeah, Megan is telling you our something's spooky. Yes, because most of them pertain to Paige. So one, I just have to say fucking fairies. I'm convinced like things have just been going weird since the fairy episode. <laughs> I feel like the fairy episode was the episode where things like first got sort of wacky. Did it? I see. I thought that was like a sort of clean episode. And then like ever since then. It's oh, no, been... wait, you're right. It was the end of the world episode. That was <laughs> that was the, <laughs> the yeah. original disaster. Yeah, yeah. But like I remember joke. It's like I said, I think the, the personality last episode we said we felt like we were cursed by the fairies because yeah, because yeah, like just weird stuff keeps getting in our way of recording or doing whatever. So it's not great. But it is good to have something to blame every time something goes wrong. Yeah. Originally, so today is Thursday. We were going to record on Sunday originally. Um, and yeah, I was like kind of starting notes earlier in the day and then told Megan like, hey, I'm going to get on tonight and I'm going to work on them. And then it was like, Elliot and I had gone for a walk. And while we were on the walk, we were talking like, oh, you know, maybe we can just like put some of the extra money we have right now towards a fence. Yeah. And so we get back from that walk. I get on to start working on notes and I have an email from like our Google home thing saying your air has been running for the last four and a half hours and your house has raised four degrees in temperature. <laughs> you should check your AC. And it was just like not working at all. So I was like, A, now I have to fuck with this. So I'm not going to be able to work on notes right now. B, there's 0% chance I'm about to work upstairs or record upstairs where it's like 80 some degrees out, right. out there. So like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Things went super great. <laughs> and then we sort of just like dragged our feet a little bit the other two days. So we can't blame that on fairies. We can just blame that on ourselves. Yes. <laughs> I blame the AC on the fairies, though. Yeah, the AC was definitely the fairies' fault. So that's one thing is fairies. Number two, I'm pretty sure I saw the ghost that lives in Paige's house. <laughs> I had to drop off a t-shirt at her house and I just left it in her mailbox, which is like right on the front of her house. And as I was walking away from the mailbox, I thought I saw their curtain pull back, like their front curtain pull back and somebody like peeked their head around it. And I 100% thought that it was like I thought it was Elliot being weird, like just peeking his yeah, head around. Yeah, that would around. be something he would do. <laughs> right. <laughs> like trying to be kind of a weirdo and like not actually come out and say hi and just, you know, be goofy. And then I was like, oh, there's actually nobody there. So I was like, maybe Elliot just really doesn't want to say hi. So he like peeked really quick and then went back to his office or maybe it was Ari or something like that. And then I messaged Elliot after the fact, after I had gone back to work and was like, hey, did you peek out the window at me? <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> and the dog was downstairs the whole time. Yeah. But it was also like hot as fuck. And I would bet that there it was just like a floor vent or something like blowing the curtains around and out of the corner of my eye. It looked like somebody pulling it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. I am not okay. <laughs> yeah. Elliot was like, nope, it's just me and the dog is downstairs, but thanks for that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, enjoy your haunted house. Bye. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> and then the last two are short. Three, I'm very grumpy about how hot it is in Wisconsin right now. So I've got some like general climate doom spookiness going on because it is <laughs> unseasonably warm <laughs> right now. Uh, California just got hit by a hurricane. There's still big wildfires in Canada. So it's just like generally things are a disaster. Poor like Texas and uh, Arizona are still like 110 degrees every day. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Anybody in Florida or Texas, like the humid parts of Texas, I don't understand. Like how do you survive in the summer. And I guess the answer is like you don't unless you're inside in the air conditioning, but well, and I yeah. think you you get sort of used to it, right? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's so hot here. It was like a real feel or like a feels like temperature of almost 100 degrees last night at 10 p.m. and it is like I get outside and just instantly start sweating and I'm instantly mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Maybe it explains a lot about like the crazy news stories that come out of Florida. That's like, exactly what Elliot and I yeah. were talking about earlier. Like people are just like so angry because they're hot all the time. Right. It just would drive you crazy. It's not that much hotter than it was in Cincinnati most of the time. So like, well, I don't know. I'm not equipped for this temperature. <laughs> so I'm really grumpy about that. And then for today, pumpkin spice came back. To Starbucks. So that was a bright spot of the week. Okay. So here's the thing, though. It is a bright spot, and I'm very excited to get mine uh -huh. tomorrow. But uh -huh. it's like the spooky thing about that is that <laughs> pumpkin spice returned today, and it was also 100 degrees outside. <laughs> oh, that makes it worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
Thanks, Paige. <laughs> I already feel grumpy about how hot it is and how we're killing the planet. And it's like, here's a reminder. You're still sweating your fucking ass off every time you go outside. <laughs> I'm so tired of being sweaty. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I keep saying. It's like, I purposely moved away from weather like this. And now... It's so what you're saying is this is your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll take the blame for it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. That's my list of something spooky things that I wanted to mention. So, yeah. But, like, the take-home here is we're cursed by fairies. So if anyone has advice on that, great. <laughs> Possibly we have continuing evidence that Paige's house is haunted. Paige, do you have anything spooky to add for this week? Um, not really. I just yesterday Elliot and I went for a walk like later at night when it wasn't as terrible out. And one of the people across or like just down the corner from us, they were like in the middle of the night put in their twelve foot skeleton together. Oh. I'm like very jealous. <laughs> I know. I want. I know. I really wanted to get one this year, and they came out with like the Jack Skellington one. I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I know me either. I couldn't. I was like, I'm doing too much other stuff. I well, exactly. I really screwed myself. That should be like motivation for me to not plan as much stuff next year. Is like I'll get to buy a skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it blinks, and it's so cool. I know they're super cool, and I feel like we gotta like keep up our cred as the, like the neighborhood spooky house so right we'll see all right so short five we got to keep it snappy we got five stories they are all over the place <laughs> so per usual with <laughs> short and spooky episodes it is like you'd think the five would give it more of a theme not even close. Somehow it might actually be less related than some of the Yes. Other. Like there <laughs> might be less of a thread here than there's ever been. So it's going to be, it's going to be unhinged. It's fine though. Do You're going to go first though? Uh, yeah, but I'm actually going to start with my shorter of the two. Ugh, fine. Ugh. <laughs> what are you excited for the other one? I am excited for the other one. <laughs> That's why I want to do it second. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Okay. So yes, I am going to go first, and I'm going to talk about Emily's Bridge. So Emily's Bridge, officially the Goldbrook Covered Bridge, but like everybody apparently calls it Emily's Bridge now, is a 50-foot single-lane wooden covered bridge built in 1844 in Stowe, Vermont. So 50 counts for the five connection. Yes. <laughs> also, but there's another f- five connection, oh, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the story goes, in the 1850s... <gasps> wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a woman <laughs> named Emily falls in love with a man with money, which is important to her having grown up in a poor household. This is always how's the, how these go. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, so she's madly in love with this man, and... They decide one night they're supposed to meet at this Goldbrook covered bridge and they're going to get eloped. Of course they are. Of course they are. are they, um, do you get eloped or you just, I think you just elope. Do elope? Yeah, I mean, I guess elope works. But I think you can get eloped. <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay with it either way. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. That's that's for somebody else to know, not us. <laughs> so yes, this is their plan. 
Unfortunately for poor Emily, this man did not arrive at their agreed upon meeting time. Nope. Nope. They never do. They never. (laughs) (laughs) And so the story says that she is so distraught over him and not showing up that she takes her own life at the bridge that night. Mm -hmm. As you could guess, after her death, people start reporting seeing an angry Emily lurking around the bridge. Uh, The Emily they report is very mad and starts attacking like cars and people that cross the bridge. They say she has like very long nails and anybody who crosses the bridge gets a little scritchy scratch, (laughs) which like... I'm not really clear why that's the method of it, like why she's choosing to attack people with her nails or why she has really long nails. But this right. is the story. This is how it goes. This is like one step further from like the guy who's like tells you about an ex-girlfriend and it always ends with like, oh, she was crazy, though. Yeah. And it's like this is like the ghost version of that. She always gets stood up and right. then she... She can't possibly live without him. Yeah, and then she's so crazy that she just takes it out on everyone else. Exactly. I'm not buying it. Um. (laughs) I've seen Barbie. I'm above this now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might be, but according to the Vermont History website, there are people who even claim to hear sounds or see apparitions. They hear or sound see, they <laughs> they hear and see things on a bridge that is outside. At, and probably like I mean I guess I don't know this, but they're probably claiming these things are happening at night. Right. Right. Shocking. So I'm very skeptical about this one, clearly. I'm a sass butt about this one. I'm too hot, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, our air just turned off, and I'm very sweaty, and I'm, like, scared that it's never going to come back up. <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm, like, feeling increasingly grumpy that I let your brother talk me out of putting a fan in my office. It's not uh, fucking fair. I want a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our friends at Mid-Vermont Paranormal go visit this bridge, and based off of when the posts about this happen i think Mm -hmm. it's in like 2011 somewhere in the 2000s and while they're there they take a bunch of pictures at the site and i am betting that you megan can guess what evidence they capture in these photos it's just some orbs isn't it it's just a bunch of fucking orbs (laughs) i knew it wow like shocking that there would be dust and bugs on a covered bridge at night in vermont when you've got a bunch of lights set up. Yeah, and like in the video description. So I linked the YouTube video. Both it will be in the show notes, but it's also in the comment over here, Megan, if you care to see it. It's like a minute 40. I, you obviously don't have to watch the whole thing. But right. I the description, they say in the pictures, a few orbs can be seen unlike ones we've seen before. Oh. I'm assuming you're watching it. Oh, it's pictures at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. And then it, I can like see the little dust specks. Oh, there's some more dust or a bug. Most of them are just like pictures. <laughs> so it's just like an old ass dusty bridge. Right. <laughs> That's and, all like, it is, guys. There's like maybe, yeah, like I can see there's like some 
foggy looking stuff but it's like again it's nighttime and they're by a body of water like it's probably a low spot it's probably just actual fog (laughs) yeah lord so obviously like you know already how we feel about this (laughs) um yeah yeah if this is like the end all be all of evidence at emily's bridge like i'm not convinced for one second (laughs) you know you know what you know what podcast you're listening to. You guys all know this is where we were going to end up, but know that we are not alone because also on the Vermont History website, they say that the story of Emily didn't even start making rounds until the 1960s or 70s, which is over 100 years after her supposed death. So like yeah, there's definitely something to be said there like I don't know, around that time, you just get like a lot of like haunted roads and haunted hitchhikers and all that kind of stuff popping up. So like in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Like, yeah, like mid-century. I don't know. Maybe just because like cars got more popular and so people are driving around a lot and like making up stories about seeing weird stuff. I don't know. There's something to be said about that. (laughs) (laughs) But the other thing that they say on the Vermont History website is Emily's death. There's like not even a record of a death occurring at or near this bridge. Yeah. So that's I mean, that's it. That's all I got for you. (laughs) Yeah. Did And like none of the stories say how she supposedly offed herself. Um, there are two two of the stories that I read do but they have contradicting information oh yeah one (laughs) yeah Uh, i wasn't going to share that information so for anyone who this might be a sensitive topic for you may want to skip this part but one is that she hung herself from the rafters okay that's like a lot of work like you're saying that she had like a rope that she could right with her already right like with her i mean i guess you don't have to use a rope but like that's a lot of work (laughs) <laughs> right. And then the other is that she just jumped in and like drowned in the water. Below. Yeah. But I don't think it's like that high. Of a but bridge. it's also, yeah, it's not that high. And I would imagine that the water isn't that deep. Right. Like, not that you probably... can't drown. I mean, I know yeah. that you can in, in shallow waters, but yeah. we know safety page. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, they do at least debunk the fog. So I can I cannot be sassy about it. It says there's fog in the pictures we didn't see, but they ruled it out as being their breath. So I'll give them credit for that at least. Okay, but is it doesn't this go back to like every time we've watched one of these videos or talked about one of these? Like they always yeah. debunk themselves to make themselves seem more credible. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be. <laughs> I don't know. People in the comments are like, yeah, talk about EVPs and seeing apparitions and stuff like that. So who freaking knows? Ugh. All right. Is that all we have to say about Emily's Bridge? Yeah, I don't have much else to say. This one okay. was like a super short and snappy because my other one's a little long. That is a short and snappy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like we did not do as good keeping it snappy, but we did okay. We, we did, did pretty okay. good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to do mine that I also feel has some, like, you know, bullshit about women in it. Ooh, love it. Okay. 
I'm ready. Story. <laughs> so, hey, we're starting out with like a little bit of a theme. Okay. So, this is going to be the story of Mary Evelyn Ford. So, it is claimed that in Pilot Knob Cemetery in the small town of Marion, Kentucky, a witch named Mary Evelyn Ford is buried. She was apparently burned at the stake in 1916, which like already should send up a red flag. Like that burning people at the stake was not a thing from like (laughs) several hundred years by that point. (laughs) Like that would be an insane thing to do for (laughs) even like very scared townspeople. Anyway, in 1916, along with her mother and to prevent her from rising up to take revenge on the townspeople, Mary's grave was sealed with concrete and gravel. I also saw several claims that she was buried in like a steel-lined coffin with a fence around the burial plot. And she was apparently more powerful than her mother so she was like put in this special burial ground in the cemetery on consecrated ground to like trap her but her mother they just like stuck out in the woods somewhere (laughs) (laughs) guess of course so the kicker here and our connection to short five is that mary evelyn ford was only five years old holy shit Yeah. (laughs) So she is known from local legends as the Little Witch Girl, and it's said that she now haunts the grave and that she tries to tempt people to come close to it, maybe to take her hand, but the idea is that she can drag them down to the other side. People also claimed that if you, like, laid inside the fence on top of the grave, that you could, like, feel her hands pulling you down. Uh, It is also said that another spirit called the Watcher haunts the cemetery and is either tasked with guarding Mary's grave to keep her trapped or that it wants to lure Mary out to take her soul, which like doesn't make a lot of sense to me in the narrative of this whole thing. But what are you going to (laughs) do? So the second kicker, after you find out that poor Mary is only five years old, is that if you spend like two minutes Googling, you will easily find that Mary and her mother definitely weren't witches, nor were they burned at the stake. Because of course they weren't. It's fucking 1916. And like, (laughs) this just is bullshit. So so I found a local newspaper article from 2009 and another from 2018, both debunking the legend and asking people to stop perpetuating it because they've had people vandalize the grave and engage in other disrespectful behavior. Hmm. Uh, The 2009 article features quotes from an interview with Retta Riley, who is actually Mary's great-great-niece. And she says that their family is really upset about the stories and the activities at the cemetery. So, like, knock it the fuck off, guys. Yeah, that's Um, terrible. Yeah, exactly. Even if the story was true. Yeah. Like, it's a little girl. Right. Who died. Like, if the story was true, it's a little girl who died in, like, a very tragic way. Yeah. It just, like, it's an insane thing to do. So, Mary's death certificate and obituary have been located. She died of peritonitis, which is inflammation of the abdominal lining. So, like, she probably, you know, got some sort of infection and was septic. And so... Really what this is, is like a very tragic story of a child who died very young. 
Like, she was only five years old and probably got very sick and then died. And, like, now people are telling this fucked up story about her. The extra features that are on and around her grave, I didn't find anything that's, like, specified what they were. But my guess is, like, they were either to deter grave robbers, which, like, would have made sense for the time that she was buried, or they were just decorative and reflected a family who, like, wanted to do something really special for their little kid who died. Mm. If you look even a little further, her mother, who, like, again, they claim was also a witch and burned at the stake and, like, thrown out in the woods, is buried right next to her and lived until 1955. And her father's also buried near her. And Retta Riley, who again is her like great great niece, says that her dad remembers going to Mary's mother's house to like listen to her radio and hang out. So like there are people alive who remember hanging out with Mary's family. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It was that long ago. Right. Yeah. Like a hundred years ago in the scheme of like like yeah, there are people who are alive who like remember the people involved in this. Right. So this is very similar to me to Bathsheba Sherman, who is like the supposed witch who's connected to the Conjuring House haunting, who, you know, died quite a long time ago. So there's like less of a like familial connection still in the area. But like it's another example of like local folklore that has just like run amok, but it's like at the expense of an innocent deceased person who is unable to defend themselves. And like to add to that, you have family members asking you, please stop doing this (laughs) because it's really bothering us. And despite that, the little witch girl legend is still being spread online and elsewhere. It was apparently an inspiration for a 2019 horror book called The Remaking by Clay McLeod Chapman. There are TikTok videos from the last couple of years that talk about the legend with like no debunking included at all and videos of people using ghost hunting equipment at her grave. And again, like that is, that's messed up. Like (laughs) that's such an offensive thing to do when the family has asked you to stop. And like, I get it. Like I'm sure there are plenty of small towns that like have, you know, creepy looking graves or like people make up like weird stories about like weird houses or abandoned houses or spooky looking graves and stuff like that. But like this should not still be going on when we very clearly know that it's not true (laughs) and that the family's bothered by it. So, so yeah, five-year-old little witch girl who's not a witch. And her family says, stop it. (laughs) This is like a very different story than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) You were like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the little witch girl. No. It's like, here's this kid who died very young. And it was probably very, very sad. And now the local people have like tarnished her memory. And it's gone viral online. And it's not great. It's not great. So yeah, that's my sad one. It'll get better after this, you guys. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) At least I think it will. (laughs) I think I'm most excited about your next one, though. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Well, good, because I'm also very excited about it. I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked that you would pick this one after I put it on a list of possibilities. (laughs) I'm Eliza, 
And I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all? And you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt. The ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words. My story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. How much do you know about it? I've like I've like listened to podcast episodes, like several podcast episodes about it. Okay. So I'm pretty I'm pretty familiar. It has been a little while, but yeah. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> my next topic is Robert the Doll, which <laughs> I'm so excited about. And I think like when we did we had done like a doll was that a full episode i actually think you know what that's funny i actually think it was one of our other short and spooky episodes you I did was thinking like that too okay you did like haunted dolls and i think i asked you oh i'm surprised you didn't include robert the doll and now here we are another here. short and spooky and we're back to robert the doll <laughs> here's what i'm learning is that the short and spookies for me lately have been like haunted or cursed objects yeah like always <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, they make sense for for these episodes cuz like a lot of times it's like this is like clearly not true, but it's fun to talk about, but we're not yeah. going to devote a whole episode. Yeah, there's not to enough time. There's not enough information for us like co- covering a whole right. episode. Okay. So yes, Robert the doll. And so I wanted to start this topic by saying that the very first line that I read while looking or researching for this episode is a line from an article of the Atlas Obscura. And it says, here is something that most people would agree is true about Robert the doll. He's terrifying. (laughs) And (laughs) they then like go on to describe what he looks like in detail that makes him sound like very scary. But, like, I am clearly not most people because I think this doll is, like, fucking adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing, though. I think they just worded that poorly because I don't think that, like, I think the doll is cute. Like, it is a cute doll. Like, I wouldn't hesitate to buy a similar doll for my kid if I saw one. I think it's more like the story behind the doll is what's terrifying. Yeah. Or like if you know anything about Robert the doll and you like see those little beady eyes, you're like, I don't know what you're up but to. But see, that's what he that's what they they're like, oh, he has little beady eyes. I'm like, I don't know, they're friendly. Yeah. It's because you have the context for like what he supposedly is up to. Yeah. Well, I'd bring him home. Yeah. <laughs> and the other coincidence here is like, yeah, not only did you talk about like why we think dolls are creepy on a previous short and spooky. But I'm currently reading the book How to Sell a Haunted House, which is about haunted dolls and puppets. Perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> shit's getting weird. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Robert. Robert is a large, like, as large as a small child large. 
yeah. handcrafted doll. He's got a little sailor's outfit and a cap on. <laughs> His face has like little nicks all over it. I don't know if those are supposed to be like little scars. I think uh, it's just like wear and tear from or, yeah, a century of like sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a tiny little nose and two black beady eyes, I guess. <laughs> And in all of the photos that I've seen, he's holding a tiny, equally adorable stuffed dog. <laughs> Paige is like, I want a replica of this doll. I love this doll so much. <laughs> we could probably have your mom knit you one. They have replicas. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Paige is already like, I'm getting one. <laughs> I'm getting one. The dog is like maybe my favorite part of this doll, though, because it's like so silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sort of looks like a crazy-eyed chihuahua, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe a Pomeranian? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think Robert is cute. I don't think he's a creepy-looking doll. Okay. Well, I, I agree. Even knowing what I know, like, I think he's a cute, well-made doll. He, um, we do have, uh, we'll have photos for you. We will. I don't have sure. them in the show notes. We'll at least but- link to photos. Yeah. yeah, we'll link to photos. Okay. So, Robert the doll was given to Robert Eugene Otto, a real boy, by his grandfather, but also maybe his caretaker, as a birthday gift in 1904. It was determined, and it seems like it was years later, that Robert the doll, not the boy, was purchased from the Stife Company, which is the same company that manufactured the original teddy bear. Yeah. So he was an expensive doll. He was a fancy schmancy doll. Yeah. And I was very sad like when I originally thought, because I thought of this for this episode, and we haven't gotten to the five connection, but I was like, just, I wanted so badly for it to be like 1905 and like his fifth birthday, but he was four when oh, yeah. he got the doll. So it's a bummer. I'm sorry, you still found it. <laughs> I still found it. <laughs> So, in an attempt to make this a little easier to follow, I'm going to refer to Robert the Boy as Gene, because that was his nickname. And so, like I said, that'll just make it easier for everybody to follow. Yeah. And I don't know if you'll get to this, but, like, a lot of retellings of this at least imply that, like, Gene had to, like, start calling himself Gene because Robert wanted to be called Robert. Like, he was the real Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did not read that. Maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like I I mean that sounds right. Like yeah, like Robert was like yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. (laughs) I sort of love that. (laughs) (laughs) So Robert uh, remained in Jean's family home at 534 Eaton Street, Key West. That was five. 34. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, Eaton Street, Key West, Florida until 1994. So during that time, obviously during Jean's childhood, they lived together. And Jean loved Robert, like had set up a little living area in the attic where Robert would stay. Uh, he would sit at the dinner table with them. He would do like everything. Yeah, with Robert. Yeah. I love how this says Robert took him everywhere, but it's like Gene took Robert everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) See, even I got myself confused. We don't even know who's who in this story. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Robert did take Gene everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) 
The doll and the boy went everywhere together. That's what's important. Yes. Uh, They were best friends. But then, like, things started to get a little weird with Robert. So first, uh, like, the first thing that gets a little weird is when Gene's parents would, like, walk by his room when he was playing, they would overhear what they thought were two voices having a conversation in Gene's room. And they'd open the door and Gene was alone playing with Robert. (laughs) And, like, a little weird, but also, I don't know. Like, kids play pretend. Right. Like, that is pretty normal. Yeah. So then Gene starts blaming Robert when things go wrong at home. So if a toy were to break or furniture were to get knocked over, there was a time where apparently silverware was found thrown on the floor. Caretakers had been locked outside of the house. Pretty much anything that like Gene could have gotten in trouble for, he would blame on Robert. Yeah. Which like, yeah, that's like also kind of typical kid behavior. Like I definitely right. do that shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Not my like, fault. <laughs> I didn't color your fridge purple. <laughs> it was the cat. <laughs> it was the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was yeah, that's just seems like that's just a kid messing around and trying not to get in trouble. Right. And his parents must have agreed with us because they eventually start punishing Gene, I think both for the things that are happening, but also like a little bit for not just being honest about them being him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think like the line would probably make me more upset. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Than the tipped over furniture. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, they sort of, I think, just accept that this is like kid behavior and he's being sort of a stinker. Mm-hmm. And then things start to get even creepier. <laughs> and... <laughs> Eventually, like, they start hearing, like, giggling in the house, like, little footsteps. The caretakers report giggling even when the autos aren't home. Robert, I guess, is, like, starts moving around the house. So, like, they find him in areas where, like, Gene claims he didn't put him. Um, so he's sort of, like, moving. They think they hear the footsteps. We don't We don't know. He's running around somewhere. <laughs> Yikes. And then people in the neighborhood report seeing Robert, like, looking out the window. Maybe that's who was looking at you the other day. <laughs> it's one of your dolls. It's one of my dolls. <laughs> I would shit my pants if I <laughs> saw one of your dolls <laughs> looking out the window at me. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, the neighborhood sees him now. And then there are reports that, like, people saw Robert blink or they would say that his expressions would change. Oh, man. Um, during one of the earlier stories of Gene, I think he'd like broken a toy and his mom like came in, you know, and, and scolded him and claims that like while he was getting in trouble, Robert started giving her like a very angry stare. <laughs> so yeah like pretty creepy Uh (laughs) i mean if i ever saw one of my dolls expressions change like that would be it i would never own another doll (laughs) (laughs) but i would also think about like checking myself into a mental hospital i think (laughs) (laughs) fair now i didn't find this information in any of the other sources that I had used, but according to episode 15, Unboxed of the Lore podcast, 
Host Aaron Menke says that Jean's aunt comes to town at some point. And I don't know if she comes to town because they're complaining about the doll or if she's in town and they tell her about the doll. But either way, she decides like, yeah, this doll is definitely cursed. And so she makes the decision to lock him up in a box in the attic. Which sort of feels like the last thing I would do. With a cursed doll. Like that just to me is like, that's a good way to piss him off. But that's what they do. They lock him up. They put him in the attic. And supposedly that night she dies of a stroke. Oh, no. I mean, I guess I understand that decision. Like unless you, because it sounds like Jean like still liked the doll at this point. So I guarantee that nobody wanted to like throw it away or burn it or anything like that. That's Because the kid would probably freak out. So Yeah. Then you'd have it. An angry doll and an angry kid. Right. (laughs) Super fair. Yeah. So she dies of a stroke. And like I said, I didn't really confirm that anywhere else, but could have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you have to look at like the death records for his aunt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which you should be able to find somewhere. So, yeah. So, you know, Gene grows up. He has some time away from the house. He gets married. But when his parents pass away, he ends up moving back to Key West. And I'm not totally clear if he takes Robert with him during his time away or not. Sort of conflicting information based off where I looked. But what seems to be true is that when he gets back to Key West, he is attached to Robert again. So whether or not he takes him, that relationship still exists when he gets back to Key West. And, like, apparently, like, same sort of thing. Like, they would hang out. He would take him everywhere. He would sit at dinner with them. And it, like, apparently, like, really drove Jean's wife nuts. She hated that doll. And, like, I probably would, too. (laughs) You should test it out. Yeah. Just, like, pick your favorite doll. (laughs) Just start making it, like, sit with you guys at dinner, take it out to restaurants. I have, like, a toddler-sized doll, so I should do that. (laughs) Just do it and see how Elliot reacts. I'm going to. I'd, like, be very serious about it. (laughs) I'll try. She has to come with us. (laughs) It's important. So... Eventually, Gene and his wife both pass away in the 1970s. And at that point, um, when they pass, they're still in Key West. And so a family ends up buying the house. And with that house comes Robert. Oh, no. (laughs) Eventually, the new owners start reporting many of the same things that the autos had reported. Uh, And once again, like in some of the sources, it kind of makes it sound like they bought the house and knew the history of Robert already. So very possible that like some of these things are just like them kind of getting themselves freaked out. Yeah. Or like just messing around for the attention. Yeah. Or that. But either way, they claim to hear the same sort of giggling and footsteps Uh, They say that Robert is once again moving around the house, showing up (laughs) in new places with no explanation. The young girl living in the house claims that Robert even even tries to attack her. Oh, no. Uh, And I'd also heard that at one point the parents woke up to Robert standing at the foot of their bed with a knife. (laughs) So, like, now we're talking, like, killer doll. (laughs) Like, we don't. (laughs) Yeah. Robert's like very scary at this point. So as you can imagine, 
The family has had enough with Robert, and they eventually choose to donate it to the East Martello Museum. Okay. Which is where it's at now. Great. Yeah. So if you want, you can go visit the cursed Robert doll at the museum. Apparently, he still gets a lot of attention uh, and receives a lot of mail every year, (laughs) which (laughs) I guess primarily comes from people blaming him for things that have happened to them since visiting the museum. So like, oh, no. Yeah, they would have like a bad year or whatever. And then they would write Robert and be like, oh, you doll. You You doll. this to me. (laughs) Like, what did they do to Robert while they were there? Right. (laughs) Somebody feels guilty about something. (laughs) Um, Importantly, though, the people who work at the museum, like, don't seem thrilled about all the mail that the doll receives. And they're like, guys, can we remember? Like, this is just a museum. Like, this is a museum. This isn't. (laughs) Why are you sending hate mail here? Yeah. And Corey Convertito, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Okay. Uh, a curator at the museum. She is Robert's caretaker. And so like once a year, at least she has to like get Robert, Robert out and get him all cleaned up and get him uh-huh. in good shape. And she says like, even after hearing all of the stories about him and, you know, reading some of the letters, like she's never had a bad experience with him. And yeah, so he's just a doll. <laughs> that's there what Corey go. says. And that's what I say. I think, I mean, I don't know, some of the like stand moving around the house and, you know, holding a knife or whatever that that's a lot. But yeah, but to me, like I whatever's going on with Jean, like to me, that just sounds like a troubled kid or like some sort of mental health issue that's happening and not a haunted doll. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had that thought. Like maybe he's got some sort of like multiple personality thing or like. Maybe it's just a kid messing around for the sake that he can and he wants to freak his parents out because he's mad about something. Like him getting back with Robert later is like sort of weird, but, you know, maybe he still had the same issues going on. I don't know. Well, and I sort of wonder if like some of that is just like blown up and maybe wasn't like maybe he wasn't as attached. Or maybe the house has like a very serious mold or carbon monoxide problem. Yeah. People are just like hallucinating. (laughs) (laughs) Also possible. (laughs) So now I want to go visit him. Yeah. And I want to buy one of the little like replica dolls that they I think have. it's a good excuse to take a trip to key west and eat some key lime pie and visit robert the doll i think so so there you go thing is like you're just gonna be primed for thinking that anything bad that happens after like oh your flight got canceled on the way home it was robert's fault must be robert's fault right it's just something to blame yeah right yeah. just like any of these other i mean it's yeah same story with any of the other cursed or haunted item things that we've looked at before. I would be curious to know if our friend Kenny Biddle has ever met Robert the doll. Oh, we'll have to ask. Yeah, what his thoughts on him are. Yeah, I don't know. Let's go to Key West. (laughs) (laughs) We we gotta. Everyone subscribe to the Patreon. We have a trip to take. (laughs) Although, to be fair, like, who even knows what will happen? Because I will just be really hot and really mad about it. So, (laughs) I don't know, though. Yeah, like, that story is so, it's so creepy. It just plays out like a horror movie. Like, it sounds so much like horror movie stuff. So, it's like, I, Yeah. yeah. 
It's just well, too far-fetched for some of it not to be just like outright made up or hallucinated or very exaggerated. The whole like aunt came by, locked you in a box, and then she died thing reminded me so much of the movie Megan. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Oh. But anyone else? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can cut it out if we feel we need to. <laughs> yeah. That's Robert the doll. That's Robert. Oh. People freaking out about nothing, about weird kid shit. Kids say weird stuff all the time. Kid probably wasn't getting enough attention and was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some weird shit with my doll. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone got freaked out and started seeing stuff. Okay. So my next one is like totally out of left field, nothing related to what we've talked about before. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Flatwoods monster, which some of you might think, gee, doesn't this merit a whole episode? But uh, you're going to see why it doesn't, because it's just like once once you hear it debunked, it's like, oh, yeah, that's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> so the story of the Flatwoods monster goes that on September 12th, 1952, the five, at 7.15, oh, man. brothers <laughs> Edward and Fred May and a friend named Tommy Heyer were playing on the elementary school lawn and saw a bright light streak across the sky and looked like whatever this was crashed into the Fisher farm on a nearby hillside. So being Typical boys or typical kids, I guess. I should not be sexist about this. <laughs> Being typical kids, they were like, we're going to go check that out because that looks awesome. So they grabbed some people to investigate, including the May brothers' mom and National Guardsman Eugene Lemon, who was only 17 at the time, apparently. So I think he was like a ROTC kid, ROTC kid, not like an actual, like I don't think you can be an actual National Guardsman until you're 18. Unclear. Didn't verify it, but that's what I think. <laughs> that seems um, right. Yeah. I think that's definitely true now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess this was a while ago, but still. Um, but hey, that's also a group of five people. So I feel like that counts too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they head into the field on the hillside on the Fisher farm and things get weird. So from the Braxton County website, which is where Flatwoods is, I quote, upon reaching the site of the crash, the group saw a pulsing red light. Lemon shined his flashlight up the hill and the group witnessed a terrifying sight, a 10-foot tall creature with a head shaped like a spade and what appeared to be a dark metal dress. The creature's hands were twisted and clawed and what seemed to be its eyes glowed an eerie orange color. It appeared to levitate off the ground, a strange Strange, sickening mist hung in the air. The creature hissed and glided quickly towards the witnesses. The group then turned and fled in terror. So, yeah, they see whatever this is. Eugene Lemon apparently screams and drops his flashlight, which I think is, and the whole group runs away, which I think is a little bit of a funny detail because he's like brought along as like their protection. <laughs> like he's the National Guardsman. And my man just like, and he's like, see ya. He's like, I am getting out of here. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> so sorry, Eugene, but that was, <laughs> he kind of bitched out there on the group. 
so yeah, so some, some details to remember. They all run away. I mentioned the mist. It apparently makes them feel nauseous afterwards. People go the next morning to investigate the site and they find skid marks in the field and a weird gummy or oily substance. And ultimately, this is all taken as evidence that the boys had witnessed a UFO crash and subsequently had been like, attacked by an alien because of course like that's what you would conclude when that happened <laughs> seems reasonable to me yes but obviously there's a much more realistic explanation for what the group saw and it's that they were swooped down upon by a barn owl damn and- it the, uh, it's always owls. <laughs> it's always owls. I know. But if you if you look at the pictures of the Flatwoods monster, like minus the skirt, which like could just be sort of, you know, like they were freaking out and didn't really realize what they were seeing. Like that is an owl. <laughs> yeah. That's an owl. It's an owl. <laughs> Yeah, because the heart-shaped face or spade-shaped face, the claws, like, owls have big talons, and yeah, the big reflective eyes, you know, the fact that it seemed to be really big, like, when they spread their wings out, like, owls are big animals, but they are looking up the hill at this thing, and it's, like, swooping down on them, and they're all freaked out. Like, it's going to look larger than life, and they're going to think that they saw a monster. Yeah. And barn owls, like, also can make really creepy sounding, like, hissing, screechy noises. So there's, like, there is zero doubt in my mind that they got, they surprised an owl. <laughs> and that everybody panicked. <laughs> But if you look a little further, it was also well known that a meteor was seen in at least three states that night, including Maryland, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. So that explains the initial flash of light in the sky that the boys saw. And, you know, you always see meteors and like it looks like it's going to land somewhere. So, you know, they probably just they thought that's what happened. As for the sort of like extraneous details of the blinking or pulsing red light and the skid marks, Joe Nickel from the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry attributes them to a passing airplane in the case of the former and a young man driving around a leaky old truck through the field in the case of the latter. And a local man named Max Lockhart actually admitted to Nickel that he drove around the grassy site that very same night, see if he could see something. And his tracks, like the tracks that were there weren't found until the following morning. And he's driving like a 10-year-old Chevy like through this field. So it's his truck marks (laughs) (laughs) that were left there. The other detail is that they had this like really bad smell that they said made them sick. That could very easily be from natural sources. Joe Nickel says that there are some pungent smelling grasses in the area, but like I say somebody farted for sure in the group. (laughs) Or shit their pants. Or shit their pants. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, listen, (laughs) I guarantee like every person on a ghost hunt who's been like, oh, it smells like sulfur. It must be a demon. Like that's someone's fart. (laughs) Like somebody either farted or shit their pants out of fear. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's also very possible like they freaked out and ran for it so they all feel sort of sick after like it's probably just from extreme fear that made them feel sort of nauseous and weird right so not that much of a surprise so all in all and i'm sure you agree this like seems like a pretty open and shut case of it's an owl mistaken identity <laughs> and like people freaking themselves out in the dark <laughs> In the middle of a farm field because they think they've had an alien encounter. <laughs> but when I was taking notes on this, and like you already said it, you're like, it's always owls. <laughs> I was taking notes and thinking that the take home is that West Virginians must be like very confused about the existence of owls. <laughs> because like I think that Mothman probably was all, at least the, the original sightings was probably an owl. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and so I laughed out loud when I came across this passage on the Snopes.com article about the Flatwoods monster. This is, West Virginia has the distinction of being home to several famous cryptids, a term that refers to strange animals that are alleged to exist without any evidence. Think Bigfoot. Joe Nickel, a longtime paranormal investigator and senior research fellow for the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, said there's good reason for that. They have owls, he said flatly in a phone interview with Snopes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like I can hear that. <laughs> and I guess like he sort of goes on to say that, you know, owls are nocturnal. So maybe these people just didn't see them very often. So that's why they were very surprised. But yeah, that's like the only part of it where I give people a little bit of credit because we're talking about people who live like around farms and on farmland. It's like you're telling me these people don't know about owls but but i don't know this like seems like it was probably an owl like look at the picture of the flatwoods monster and then look at a picture of a barn owl next to each other and you'll be like yeah that was just an owl that was just an owl <laughs> yeah but to wrap it up i think more importantly is that the town of flatwoods has a ton of fun with it and similar to Point Pleasant with Mothman. They have like a festival and there's all this tourism related to it. They have these like chairs that they built that like the back of it looks like the monster. And I guess they like, there are several of them that mark different places related to the story. And I was like, I really want that oh, <laughs> that's monster cool. chair. <laughs> it's awesome. It's sort of like an Adirondack style chair, but like with a giant back that looks like the Flatwoods monster. So... I like it. I know it's like a very beloved cryptid story, but there's like zero part of me that thinks that this is anything other than like just an average owl sighting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That brings us to our final topic in the short five. <laughs> yeah. And this one's like, we're going off the rails a little bit here, people. It's fine. <laughs> when do we not? Really? Fair enough. Everybody just everybody who's listening to this just had to listen to the personality test episode. So <laughs> who even knows? How did we get here? Uh, <laughs> so we thought it would be fun to pick like a top five list of something related to our show. And we ended up picking the top five scariest phone numbers to call. And <laughs> I don't know how or why this 
how we got here. Like I really don't, but we we're here. This I don't know. You you found it, and I, was I know like, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I originally was thinking like I will find all the phone numbers with fives in them, but then I was like, no, we'll just do top five scariest phone numbers. I'm here to tell you that this list is like sort of a lie. Uh, <laughs> Wait, like, why is it a lie? It's not It's not really. So there's like 15 different lists out there. You could, you know, you look at any of the lists are going to be a little bit different. I okay. picked a list of the top 13 and then used the top five from that list. But I like specifically picked one with numbers that were showing up on every list. Okay. That's like at least a qualitative assessment. Yeah. Like there's a little <laughs> bit of science to how this was done. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> of like they all showed up on different ones. We found like the, the top five most common spooky numbers. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we got here. And yeah, like spooky numbers, it's all about the number five. And like oh, these don't that's necessarily true. Yeah. Like these don't necessarily have all have the number five in them, but it is five spooky numbers. See, it works better than you think. It does. Thanks, you got, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything wild happens to you, we did not tell you to call these numbers. I'm just telling you they exist. <laughs> yeah, we are not in any way advocating that you call these numbers. Yeah, well, okay, I see what you're saying. Because like, if somebody calls one of these and then gets in a car accident the next day, they're going to be like, I'm suing those spooky science yeah. sisters. They told me to call this number. Slash if somebody calls one of these numbers and it's actually somebody's phone number and they get pissed about it. I also did not tell you to call it. So yes, we are not advocating that you call any (laughs) of these numbers. You cannot. I I don't even think that would hold up in a court of law. I don't think so either. But (laughs) I don't think if you told a judge, I, I, yeah, saying that I'm almost tempted to be like, you know what, call (laughs) him. Find out what happens, like, and then try to sue us afterwards. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But, like, it would be an interesting experiment. (laughs) But don't do it. We're not saying to do it. Yeah, don't. Do not call these numbers. (laughs) We already did a story about, like, not disturbing the grave of a kid whose family is like, please stop doing this. Like, who knows if somebody who's really bothered by this owns one of these phone numbers. Don't bother them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first number I'm going to talk about is probably my favorite of the numbers. Um, And (laughs) we're going to call well, we're not going to call it this. The people refer to it as the Booth World Industries number. Okay. And the number is 630-296-7536. Okay. So this number first shows up, or at least like from like a this is like a creepy number. It first shows up as like a creepy phone number when it's used in a creepy pasta on the No Sleep subreddit. Ah, of course, of Which course, is like famously known for absolutely true stories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> the No Sleep story goes. The story that was posted on the subreddit. Okay, goes. Um, there's a guy who's waiting for a call from the plumber. And he receives a call from the number above. Okay. When he answers, the people on the other line identify themselves as somebody from a representative from Booth World Industries and ask for a name. It cannot be a fictitious name. It must, but it must be somebody like he knows. So it's not his name. He has to give a name of someone he knows. And they tell him that 
the reason for him giving this name is for them to do some remodeling for this person. Mm. Well, in this story, remodeling doesn't mean remodeling. It means murder. (laughs) (laughs) So he gives them a name. And then while he's on the phone with them, he has to like listen to them kill this person. It's like a pretty gross story. But that's the story on the subreddit. Okay. Well, as you could have guessed, okay. people read this and they're like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to call that number. <laughs> <laughs> My brain immediately was like, let's call that number. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so people do. And apparently now, and I, you know, I don't, I guess I don't know like what this number was before, but apparently now if you call that number, you'll receive a message or like, I guess it's like probably their voicemail saying Uh you've reached Booth World Industries and that a representative will call you back to schedule a remodeling. Oh. Oh. And so supposedly some people get a call back, but I don't know if I buy it. (laughs) So that's our first number. Did you find out the 630? Um, Yes. Area code 630 is in Illinois. So it is for Aurora, Naperville, Bolingbroke, and Wheaton. So suburbs of Chicago. Okay. But like, does it have to be somebody you know or somebody that you like know of? I think it just has to be someone like you know that exists. Like it just can't be a fake okay. name. Because like I've got some names that I could use. <laughs> <laughs> if the catch was like you got to name a family member or something like that. Like what happens if you don't, you know? Yeah. Like what if you just don't give them a name? Do they come kill you? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Because, like, otherwise you just be like, no, I'm not giving you a name. Fuck off. And you hang up the phone. Right. They must be that they come murder you. They've got to come murder you. But, like, if it just has to be somebody I know of, I've got names for days. (laughs) 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 Well, she said it. She said it, people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) To the FBI agent listening to this. It's a joke. (laughs) So according to some other posts on this, like this Quora or whatever that website's called, people have called and it is, they do say that it's Booth World Industries. And someone says that they, after they called, they've gotten a call every hour or they had gotten a call every hour for a while and they didn't know, like they were asking like, should I pick up the phone? (laughs) So I don't know. There you go. Yeah. So that's the booth industries number. (laughs) If you called it and somebody, there was like a message that played, like it's just somebody who's having fun and supporting the story. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what I figure is like somebody created this story on Reddit and then like owned the number. them or somebody else was like fun. Right. Okay. So that is Booth World. Okay. The next one is Sadako's number, which... Do you think it's Sadako or Sadako? I think it's Sadako. Okay. It could be Sadako. But the number is 90 444 
090 followed by a lot of fours. That's a lot of fours. And so in Japanese culture, the number four is considered unlucky because it is sometimes pronounced in a way that is similar or sounds similar to the Japanese word for death. And I think they're both spelled like S-H-I and they just have like slightly different enunciations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like in Japanese culture... It's unlucky, and so this phone number is believed to be a cursed number. Okay. Now, supposedly, if you call, you will just hear like a bunch of weird noises. I think it's like screeching noises. It's so it's of- a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> <You're telling me. laughs> How long has this been around? Like, is this just kids who don't know what a fax machine sounds it, like when you call it? So some of the numbers are like, de- like it seems like it's been in like the last like, 10 years. I can't remember that particular yeah, article when it was. But like late enough that maybe people just are calling a fax machine and they don't it know very what it well sounds could like. Be. It okay. could just be, a, it could be people calling a fax machine. <laughs> we don't know. But the important thing here is that you hear the weird noises okay. and then a week later you die. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which should sound pretty familiar, at least like sort of familiar to anybody who's watched the Ring. Yeah, which was like originally a Japanese horror movie. Exactly. And that is the reason uh, behind the name of the number because Sadako, maybe okay. that maybe that is how you say it, um, is the original name of the character in the Japanese novel oh. that Samara is based off of. There you go. So, yes. And once again, like, I didn't find anything confirming it, but, like, some people believe that this number had just been used to promote the film. Yeah. But then it's like, what is it promoting if all you hear is weird noises and then you don't die? (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, were they just telling people that this number, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, like, it works, so it's just to freak people out. Or it's just educating them about fax machines. <laughs> Here's the problem. I'm like, don't call these numbers. Don't do this. And for everyone, I'm like, well, now I kind of want to call it right. see what happens. <laughs> now I got to know. <laughs> Although I don't know, like, because that's probably the Japanese country code. Like, how much will it cost me to call that? Yeah, I don't know. Do you get charged more for calling out of country on your cell phone? I think so. Maybe not. Maybe you only get charged more if you're out of country on your cell phone. Well, importantly, I'm not paying any of y'all's cell phone bills. (laughs) (laughs) How does long distance calling work? (laughs) How phone work? (laughs) I don't know anymore. (laughs) Okay. Next one? Yeah. So the next one is number 407. 7340254 which is Excellent. wrinkles the clown and do you know right. anything about wrinkles um no okay so there's not really much here apparently this number will connect you with wrinkles the clown and i think i'm trying to remember where he lived i think it's florida uh-huh i think that's a i think that's a florida or area code and so it connects you with wrinkles and apparently 
if <laughs> or when you call it, you can ask him to come to like a party or to go to like scare your friends or a misbehaving child and like wrinkles will show up. Oh, oh, I'm looking it up now and I do recognize the um, there was like a movie made about. Yes. It. And so there's apparently like a lot going on with this wrinkles the clown story and now i like want to do a whole episode on it <laughs> i don't even know like what the story is yet but like two of the number two of like the phone number lists that i found had said something along the lines of like if you think you know wrinkles you don't or like don't listen to the things you heard about wrinkles without watching this documentary and i'm like what's going on with wrinkles yikes yeah, but it's like, okay, what like what genre is this even? It says it's a Wrinkles the Clown, the 2019 American documentary comedy horror film. So like, is it a documentary? I don't know. But then like, <laughs> I'd also seen that like Wrinkles isn't Wrinkles, that like someone else is Wrinkles. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Wrinkles. Well, there might have to be a whole Wrinkles episode we might have to do it (laughs) come back to wrinkles but supposedly if you call that phone number you can ask wrinkles to go scare your misbehaving children (laughs) and he will show up oh no but like in florida though right i I mean it did i don't know man (laughs) okay i don't know that he shows up at all yeah like they say that he does But, like, Willie? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely so much more to this. Yeah, I'm, like, just just scrolling through articles, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I had, like, picked... (laughs) I had, like, seen this one on several lists, and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of, like, crazy that you can just, like, connect with this clown, and he just shows up. And then I started reading more, and I was like, what is happening with Wrinkles? (laughs) Okay, well, Wrinkles documentary watch and Wrinkles episode (laughs) incoming. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So that was Wrinkles. Great. (laughs) Next, we're on to 618-625-8313, which is Murray Bauman from Stranger Things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you put this on the list and I was like, this really showed up on like a list of spookiest ones. Yeah. Because like that's just a TV show. Right. It showed up on a couple. Apparently, during the filming of the show... When they used this number, like that number was still active. Mm -hmm. And if you called it or like they had made it active, I guess. And like if you called it, it would like drop hints for the upcoming season. But I Mm -hmm. think like the hints were supposed to be like kind of spooky. They weren't like giving a ton away. I think it was supposed to be like sort of like cryptic and creepy and weird. And I don't know. I'm like, I don't really feel like it's that creepy, but it showed up on a couple lists, so I threw it yeah. in here. I'm it not even like clear definitely that this is active anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 618 area code covers a bunch of counties in southern Illinois. Oh, okay. Which fits with Stranger Things, like Midwestern yeah. summer vibes. And then, yes, yeah, so that, that one's not terribly exciting here's the thing this was like kind of this was i was excited about this and then as i started doing it earlier i was like okay this might be a little less exciting (laughs) no don't tell yourself short i liked it there were 13 so like you picked five there were clearly a lot more that people thought were spooky yeah well yeah obviously like the six 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 six
yeah, that one was on there a bunch too. But the last one is 999999, which doesn't doesn't seem like a complete number to me. But this one is just called Thailand number. Okay. uh, Because according to Thailand folklore, calling this number grants you one wish, which actually sounds pretty nice, right? Like not creepy at all. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Unfortunately, it isn't as great as it sounds because once your wish is granted, you die. (laughs) (laughs) To that I say, easy, just wish to live forever. Figured it out. Figured it out. But also, is that really great? No. But... (laughs) Okay, fine. Like, wish to live, you, you know, there's wi- there's ways to word this, you know? Yeah. It'd probably be some fucked up shit, though, where, like, you'd be like, I wish, yeah, to live till I'm 100, and then, like, there'd be some gimmick, like, except you are covered in bees all the time or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. The Thailand number. I mean, I want to call the numbers is the problem. Yeah. I mean, obviously. <sighs> Honestly, the one I feel the least compelled to call is the Wrinkles the Clown phone number. <laughs> I don't, the little bit of reading I've done, like, I don't think I need to know what's at the other end of that line. <laughs> Have I ever told you my prank call story? No. This will be a reason to not call these numbers. Okay. So <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, I was in like junior high school, maybe I was having a sleepover with a bunch of friends. And it was like sort of a bizarre night, like some, I don't know, some guy like showed up and was like shaking our tent. We had like slept in the front yard at my friend's house. What the hell? I don't know. It was just like a really weird night. And I had at some point left my cell phone in the tent and somebody had like thought it was a good idea to prank phone call someone and left a voicemail on or left a message on their answering machine about how, like, they had slept with this woman's husband. Oh, my God, you monsters. I was not there. <laughs> I was not in the tent. I didn't even know the thing happened. So then. Oh, but they called on your phone. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And so, like, two, three days after the sleepover, I get this call on my cell phone from this woman, and she is furious. Like, I know this was a prank call. Like, this isn't funny. She's, like, threatening me. She tells me she works for the FBI (laughs) and that she's going to, like, track me down. Sure, Jan. (laughs) And I'm like, I literally don't even know what you're talking about. And she's like, I can tell it's your voice. I've listened to it a couple times. Like, I know it was you. Oh, no. And I mean, like, just, like, lost her shit on me. And I, like, went home and told my mom about it. And, of course, like mom calls her <laughs> and it's like chick you need to like chill the fuck out like what is going on and so she like I think she like kind of got upset with my mom too and was like had told my mom she wanted to meet up with her so she could play her the voicemail so my mom could like confirm that it was me oh no. I don't know man it was so weird and then like an hour later or so I think she like called my mom back and she was like listen I'm sorry <laughs> oh I know these were just kids. Like, who, whether it was your daughter or someone else, like, I don't care. I, I, yeah. I, I, like, now that I understand the situation, like, I know it was like just someone being silly, but 
like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah, I lost my temper. But also, like, sounds like maybe someone is a little sensitive about the topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you got really upset about that implication. Like, are you worried <laughs> right. about something? Um, yeah. you want to hear my sort of fucked up story? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, so this isn't me prank calling anyone. This is somebody who called our house a bunch of times. And this was like when I was in fifth grade, so like pre everybody having cell phones and like knowing who, like we didn't have caller ID, like anything like that at the time. And some woman called our house and I picked up and it was like a wrong number. Like she was trying to call her daughter or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sort of like, it was a long time ago. So I'm a little vague on what she was looking for, but she like struck up a conversation with me and like started asking me questions about myself, all this stuff. And once she did that, she just like continued to call the house and like like if I would pick up the phone she'd like want to talk to me and like want to ask me questions and stuff and like uh I was like I got really freaked out about it and like told my mom and like eventually my mom like she called one of these times and I like gave the phone to my mom and my mom was like um you're kind of scaring my kid like <laughs> can you not <laughs> and like at that point she was like well can I have your address so I can like send her a present and stuff and my mom was uh, like no, no that's not a thing that's happening <laughs> <laughs> oh poor little Megan yeah, I was like really freaked out about it. And I think like ultimately my mom ended up like I think she like called the police because she wanted to see if they like recognized this woman's name and like if they knew like does her daughter actually live here stuff like that. Yeah. And it seemed like they knew of her, they knew who her daughter was, so it's like maybe that's sort of a red flag that like the police recognize who you are, but Yeah. Yeah, still. Oh. That was my freaky phone call. Yeah, that's story. <laughs> Was I was, like, pretty sure that some woman wanted to, like, abduct me. <laughs> How old were you? I was in fifth grade. So I was, like, 10. So you're, time. like, old, old enough to know that, like, it's Old enough to creepy. know, like, that this was creepy. And, like, yeah, that I would, like, she just kept calling. And, like, I would pick up and realize it was her. And, like, I just started, like, handing the phone over to my mom. Like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, this is too scary. Well, that's good that you, like, recognize it, though. Because I feel like a lot of kids would have just started answering questions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and my, to my credit, like, I was not an idiot, so. <laughs> <laughs> I knew some shit was going on that should not have been going on. <laughs> but anyway, that's crazy. my spooky That's phone super thing. crazy. Yeah, not great. I wish I, like, remembered more details, like, what her name was and all that stuff so I could, like, find people on social media after the fact, but I got nothing. <laughs> wow. All right, well. I think that wraps up our fifth short and spooky episode. We did it. We did it. Join us next time for something. We don't know yet. If you liked this episode. We not know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think I just put something in there because I was like, I don't remember when I was. Yeah, I think we had stuff. talked about changing the next episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. We don't know yet. It's going to be something, though. It's going to be something. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you something. Yay! <laughs> if you liked this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. Check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts, our Discord server, and Patreon. 
If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at spookysciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.